back to the Like a Bigfoot Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, I'm super excited for the episode this week. We are bringing back on Josh Millich and Brian Chersland uh, to the show. These are two guys. We chatted with them back episode number 134. Um, and they, during that time, they were planning this insanely epic quest uh, to run 500 miles from the Massachusetts National Cemetery to Arlington uh, in Washington, D.C. in support of Mission 22, uh, which is a um, organization that is kind of uh, built around the whole quest to end veteran suicide. Um, and so they had this big thing planned, uh, both of them ultra runners, one more experienced than the other. Um, and when I talked to them, it was about nine months out from their project. And for me, as just like a fan of these two guys, it was so cool to follow along with their journey um, last month. It was awesome. So they ended up doing it. They completed it. They raised awareness. They raised money. Um, and and honestly, I'm going to say this like these two guys seem like the most down to earth, like chilled out dudes ever. They ran side by side the whole entire ra uh, race, the whole entire run and event. They never had moments apart and they still get along. And they said, yeah, man, we got along the whole time. We never argued once. And that's really, really cool. Um, and and I just got to say, like when I have people on the show, like it's kind of funny because sometimes it falls under two categories, people planning these major events. And then uh, sometimes the episodes are post event and it's people coming on and talking about how it went. And so every time I have someone on who's planning a big quest like this, uh, it's so cool for me to bring them back on later having completed it. Cause like I said, everyone who's been on the show, um, planning a big, a big event in the future, I'm a fan. Like I follow along and it inspires me and, and it brings motivation to my life and to see these guys get it done and to see that uh, people started noticing the nation started noticing as they as they went about their day. And uh, super cool, super cool. Um, also, a lot of respect to them for something that unfortunately you won't hear. But after the podcast, we spent a good 15 minutes with them trying to peer pressure me into uh <laughs> bumping my 100k up to 100 milers so uh that was tons of fun i wish i would have recorded it um i'm not sure if that'll if their peer pressure was effective enough but uh if it if it if it is you guys will be the first one to know um josh and brian like i will i will be cursing your name in the future no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> but uh it's tons of fun super cool guys i'm excited for the show we get into so many different aspects of their journey so let's jump into it like a bigfoot podcast number 174 with josh and brian from the 500 miles to end veteran suicide project all right guys i'm back with josh and brian um you guys can remember them uh we had them on a few episodes back and if I was a better podcast host, I would have already looked up what number that was, but I believe it was in the 30s, so I'll, I'll let you guys know when I find that. But but yeah, they're back after their 500-mile run, adventure, journey, 
and you guys successfully did it. So, I mean, it's like, honestly, it's amazing and just what an accomplishment and a huge congrats. And I know you guys did it for a cause bigger than, than yourselves. And that's a lot to be, to be proud of just like right there. So anyways, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you first much. off for, uh, you know, having us on eight months ago or whatever it was when this was just a, a crazy ass idea that not not many people thought we had a chance in in actually completing uh yeah completing and you know you had us on and we said we were gonna do it no matter what and somehow it it happened yeah yeah man and i want to that's what i want to get into like i want to i want to hear all about it um i just looked it up it's episode number 134 so i knew i was there i, I saw it earlier today but uh but yeah, and I love when I lo- personally like my personality. I'm a supporter. Like I just when people come to me with crazy ideas, I love just being like, "Oh my god, that sounds amazing!" <laughs> and it's it's awesome to like see people like go and complete it. So I guess what I'm gonna start with like, can you just give us some quick reminders of just you know like quick who you are and what the cause was and kind of like what your specific project was yeah start off brian uh i'm brian cherslin i'm a real estate appraiser i'm 52 years old um i run ultras i've done a few hundreds and uh um this was a a big undertaking you know we we did it for mission 22 we did it to raise some money we did it to to raise awareness for veteran suicide ptsd and tbi and it just uh, basically blew up way bigger than we thought it was going to blow up and yeah, I'm uh, Josh Millich, 29, uh, currently active duty in the Coast Guard, and uh, I do not have nearly the running resume that Brian does, but uh, somehow we teamed up kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, me kind of being very new to this ultra running thing, and Brian, you know, well-seasoned and doing some of the the world's biggest ultras and, you know, made this thing happen. That's awesome, man. Well, now you're building that resume to reach Brian's, you know? That, oh, he's that, got some that was part of right the goal. <laughs> yeah, he totally <laughs> has some street cred. Um, <laughs> I, I was looking up, uh, you know, I followed along on the journey the whole entire time. Um, Thank you. It was cool. It was really, it's, it's inspirational to me in many different ways. Uh, obviously, one, just like as an endurance athlete, it's like you guys are putting 40, 40 plus miles on your legs every single day, day after day after day. And that is mind blowing. Um, and, and today though, I went and I, I, and I knew you guys were getting some definite press, like as you were going, which was awesome. Cause you like the more press, the more it supports your cause, but man, you guys got some major press. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of what Brian just touched on this thing blew up so much bigger than we had ever anticipated. So it got covered locally and uh, CBS Boston uh, picked it up early on and they covered it uh, that first day when we were leaving Cape Cod and it just snowballed from, from there on out. It, it People seemed to have like almost felt like they missed out like, oh my God, we didn't know this story was even happening. Before you knew it, we, we did like three or four news stations in Connecticut and that, you know, turned into new jersey and new york and then once we got to new york cbs national yeah uh reached out and we're like oh my god like 
you know, what are they going to, they're going to have us on the nightly news. Like that's, that's insane. It's going to, we thought we were just going to stay, you know, East coast. And I think the biggest fear that both me and Brian had is we created this giant undertaking, something that was about to put our bodies through absolute hell. And it could have lived and died in Massachusetts and no one would have ever known about it. But, you know, somehow the momentum kept building, kept building. And yeah, the Thursday night before we finished, we were on CBS Nightly News on the six o'clock, you know, national news. And then they covered it the next day, too, when we finished. So it was absolutely incredible. The awareness far exceeded our expectations. You know, the two goals were to raise money and to raise awareness. And Mission 22 actually reached out to us after and they said, this is the first time our charity has ever been mentioned on the national level. And, you know, for us that, you know, we, me and Brian looked at each other and kind of said, you know, we did it. Like, you know, we did exactly what we set out to do. Yeah. Wow, man. So can you guys kind of like go back into mission 22 a little bit, like give people some background. I actually heard of it. It might've been last year, a month or two before I talked to you guys, we did like a mission 22 kind of like fundraiser through our school actually, um, for, I think it was like Veterans Day or something. Um, we we were doing 22 push-ups every day for 22 days. I want to say, um, which was which was really cool. But but yeah. So like, why why Mission 22? Go for it, Josh. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Hey, so hey, uh, hey, Mission 22 is uh... each other. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, uh... you know that was one thing we got along so good. You know. And we, we had two support guys that just, they were fantastic. You know, Jared and Donnie. And, uh, yeah, everyone got along great. And uh, uh, I don't I don't think I was surprised by that, but it, it worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Mission 22 is a nonprofit organization that uh, helps veterans who suffer from PTSD and TBI. Uh, you know, these guys, they come back, you know, after serving overseas. And Mission 22 helps them get involved in programs to, you know, help recover. So me and Brian kind of felt that the veterans in this country are kind of an underserved demographic, and these men and women give so much to us, and we wanted to give back to them. Yeah. Yeah, um, what, uh, what kind of, like, feedback did you receive along the way from, like, either veterans, and you mentioned Mission 22 kind of reaching out, but, like, what kind of feedback were you getting from, from you know, everyone who was following along? Oh, it was unbelievable feedback. Everyone was grateful um, that we were doing this. Um, they were extremely supportive. We had uh, a lot of people meet us along the way. They would come out of their businesses uh, during our run. They'd pull over in their cars and, and want to meet us and want to talk to us. Uh, we had people run out of their houses with uh, – one guy ran out with a uh, Marines flag and he told us all about his father and he was a veteran. And we just heard stories all along. Uh, we had, uh, you know, other people bring us meals. We had all, all kinds of support. It was just, that was the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the biggest thing that we learned along the way and, you know, the goal was to create all this awareness and pretty much from day one, you know, we had police escorts a lot and it almost seemed like, at, at the end of the time where the police would escort us, you know, they would tell us a story how they were affected by suicide. We had, there's so many people that just came up to us and, you know, total strangers, no, no one that we've ever met before and just, you know, felt the need to 
reiterate how important it was to to do what we were doing and yeah i have to bring it up because it was the most probably influential story of the whole entire trip we were in <laughs> i think it's been long enough where i'm not going to start crying when we talk about it but we I were might. in <laughs> we were in new jersey and there's a new jersey mission 22 rep who came and visited us three times uh, this gentleman served, retired, his son served, and when his son came back from serving overseas, took his own life. Uh, we didn't know this at first. We're sitting down having dinner with this gentleman, and he told us this story. He took a picture out of his back pocket and showed it to me and Brian and said, you know, this, this is why you guys are doing what you're doing. Uh, he brought his son's favorite dessert for us to, to eat after dinner and then gave us the, uh, a command coin of his son's unit uh, that he served overseas. And that was kind of midway through the trip. And I think both me and Brian reflected on that every single day for the rest of the trip. You know, this, this run meant a lot to a lot of people, a lot, a lot more, you know, than just me and Brian. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's quite the story. I mean, and I'm sure there were, there were, like you said, people sharing these stories along the way and that has to empower you on the low moments. I have to imagine. Yeah. Cause there was, there was a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. Did, is, yeah. Was it overwhelming at all? Like, did it ever hit you? Like, Oh my gosh, like, look what we're, Look like it almost seems like you also add this extra responsibility on your shoulders at the same time. We kind of, I don't know. Um, every day, we took every day as as a, as itself. So we we get up in the morning, we had our routine, and we got on the road. Um, we, as Josh said, we reflected on everything every day um, while we're on the road. We we had, you know, ten twelve hours a day to talk between us. Uh, fortunately, we had a lot of support as well. We had a lot of other runners come out and uh, support us, so we had some company along the way. Um, but uh, we always knew we were going to finish, and we had to finish for those reasons. And, yeah, that, that certainly did help us uh, keep going every day. It helped us get up in the morning. Yeah, it was, it was different than anything else I think either of us had ever attempted because it was so much bigger than the two of us. You know, if it was just a race, it would have been really easy to quit day four, five, six, eight, you know, like it Ten. sucked. It hurt <laughs> bad every day. And yeah. uh, but there was not one time in that 12 days that me and Brian ever had the conversation of we can't do this. There was the only talks that we ever had was, you know, what what can we do that will help us finish? You know, can we, is, can we switch up food? Can we switch up rest? Can we, you know, that was the only conversation, the word quit or can't never, never happened, which doing something as physically demanding as it was, was insane to, to not even have that thought occur because it wasn't just, you know, we weren't running for a belt buckle or a medal or a t-shirt. It was so far beyond that, that it, you know, it didn't matter how much it hurt. Yeah. Okay. It pretty much felt like um, 
during 100? You know how you feel around mile 70, 75? I actually do it, not because I haven't what? done 100. I know Josh is looking at me like, <laughs> I signed up for 100K and Josh uh, sent me a message. He's like, I think I think you could bump that up to 100. I'm like, hey, slow your roll for a second. <laughs> well, we can talk offline. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but it felt like that every single morning when we got out of bed. It felt yeah. like mile 70 or 75 <sighs> and it's just – and you just get up and you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did have that question. Um, so <laughs> getting to the event itself, and we'll come back to the cause because there's a couple other like ideas I want to hear your guys' thoughts on. But for the event itself, like when you first wake up, I don't know, it's just mind-blowing, like 40 miles day after day after day. Like so- how, how did you feel the moment you woke up? And then how did you feel like an hour into it? So it actually, so it started out way heavier. So the first day was 58. The second day was 52. The third day, I think, was 48. And then the fourth day, again, I think, was 52. So we had done 208 miles in those first four days. And I think both of us had ran ourselves into the ground. I had absolutely torched my feet. Brian had a few injuries that he was he was dealing with and (laughs) so we can we continued that that uh excessive amount of of running up until day six so i think maybe by day six we were pushing close to 300 miles and we were in new york we had left manhattan and we had gotten into hoboken new jersey and it was uh, i don't know maybe mile 18 and it had taken us forever to get there we sat down at lunch and our crew pretty much just like describes it as there was just no life like left in either of our faces. And um, we had to have a, a hard conversation. Uh, that was one of the conversations of, you know, how the hell are we going to do this? Like what we're doing right now is it's unsustainable. I think we're averaging 52 miles a day at that point for like six days. And we're like, we have these three days at the end of the run we had a 24-mile day and a 17-mile day on the Wednesday and Thursday leading up to the last day, which was a marathon. So Brian did some epic trail math or ultra math, if you will, and we realized if we could run 38 to 40 miles every day for the rest of the run, we could do it. With you know, we would get rid of those two short days, but the you know the 52-mile day that we had to do on day nine was you know 38 now so we made we made the switch and i think when we did that it was a it was a game changer because i know it sounds stupid but 38 miles or 40 miles is so much more manageable (laughs) mentally at that point than you know 49 or 47 it was you know we could break the day up into okay just get to mile beyond mile 20 we'll have lunch and then boom, we're over halfway there. And it was yeah. so much, it like switched the whole game. And, you know, after that, it, it definitely helped. Yeah. The first few days, when were you guys like finished? Like when were you getting to your hotel <laughs> to rest? Uh, so the first day was good. We, you know, we were fresh, nice, yeah. nice, easy, slow pace. But uh, it, it took us a lot less time to get in than it should have. Um, we should have slowed down a little bit more. Um, the second day, it was a, a bit slower. So it was more of a, what was that a 12 hour day? The second day, Josh. Mm-hmm. And then the, the third day, the, the 52 mile day again, 
one of those nights we got in about nine thirty, and uh by and then we had to do media when we got in yeah and every time we ate dinner shower it, we got to bed almost midnight and then we're up at five the next morning to go again and that's that's really what did it to us you know by cutting down to that 38 40 miles on those other days allowed us enough time to actually get our feet up and rest a bit yeah and not just the yeah. massive amount of food you had to be eating probably Oh, that was the best part. Well, yeah, I, I obviously, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally agree. But I mean, like, if you get to the place at, you know, 930 or, you know, you're not getting to bed till 1230, you're like trying to jam as much food in as possible, I, I'm imagining. Absolutely. So one night we sat down and we had two large steak and cheese and two orders of, of French fries. And I don't know what else we had that night. And yeah, we're eating it at nine, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. But the, the oddest thing was, it was we woke up at five o'clock in the morning and we were hungry. We were ready for breakfast. Yeah. But it, it was yeah, crazy. Every, every day we were averaging like 10,000 calories burnt. So, you know, 120,000 calories in less than two weeks. So it was, yeah, eat anything you possibly could. I kind of went on a, a serious cookie bender, like mid, mid running. And then we would normally dinner would consist of two entrees and an appetizer each <laughs> that is the but, best part right <laughs> for me yeah it's something to look forward to <laughs> that's awesome well what else did recovery at night look like and and also did you feel yourself getting stronger as it went on like or did you because okay so let me just say this for people who aren't into ultra running um they probably would think like, as this went on, you start fresh and then you just dip and dip and dip and dip and dip and dip and dip, and dip until you get to the end and you're just like completely destroyed. But, you know, from just experiences of pushing yourself farther than you thought you could over a few days, you know, you start fresh, maybe you dip, but did you ever like come back up out of it and felt strong again? So uh, the first day, it felt like we ran 58 miles. Yeah. <laughs> we woke up the next morning, you know, you got that marathon feeling. You're stiff. You can't, you can't bend your legs. You can't lower yourself down on a toilet. You can't do stairs, you know, the whole thing. And you get out and you warm up and you start moving that second day. And we finished second day. I woke up the third day, no stiffness. Yeah. The stiffness was gone. Still had a lot of muscle fatigue, a lot of muscle soreness, but that stiffness was gone. And, and I don't, Josh can answer this for himself too, but I, I wasn't dipping as the, the days went on. It was more of my body was adjusting and I maintained, we, we pretty much maintained all the way to the last day until the adrenaline kicked in for that last mile or so. And then that was a, a different story altogether. But, and then everyone uh, was complaining we were running too fast. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're but, in uh, pretty yeah. good shape at this point. Yeah. Considering. Yeah. So um, did you feel that same way, Josh? Were you maintaining or different? Yeah, for for me, my my legs and my body felt relatively good. I just, I was dealing with foot pain from pretty much day three till day 12. Uh, I think the the cement for that amount of miles just absolutely torched them and you know, every, every step hurt. Like the second my foot like touched the ground, it was like excruciatingly painful. I think what ended up happening was two things. Eventually I just began to tolerate it more because I, I became so accustomed to what that hurt felt like 
But then also, I think they, I don't know, somewhere like halfway through, the only way I can describe it is like I we had broken our brains to and to the point where the next day was so routine. Like I just knew I was going to go to sleep. I was going to wake up. I was going to feel like shit. I was going to eat breakfast. I was going to put my shoes on. And then I was going to run for the next 12 hours. And that's just what I was going to do. <laughs> and that kind of carried on through like the last five days or so, I think were some of our best days. We kind of, we had a groove. We had finally figured out like we knew exactly when we wanted to have a snack, exactly when we wanted to have lunch. Like three o'clock every afternoon was coffee break. And that would like get us jolted up enough to finish. And yeah, you're, it's incredible what your body can adapt to do. Cause Honestly, that that Saturday after we were done, I could have gone and done another forty miles. Like I think it, we could have just we could have just kept doing it for as yes. long as we had to do it. It just happened to to end there. Yeah, yeah. Was that the same experience for you, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Same thing. It's a. It, I wasn't depleted at the end. I you know um, I, I felt the same as I did the day before and the day before and the day before. That's so awesome. I do wonder how long can you do that for? I know. Maybe that, we'll find out one day. That's what I'm saying. That little thought <laughs> is getting in your head now. And I got to say, I got to say this. You guys already did the qualifications for one of those big 200 mile races. It sounds like in your first. Four well, we days. did two, two yeah, of them. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, like in those first four days, it's like, cause I think you run, you have four days to do 200 miles and you guys did beyond. I think that. they give you five and it's five like 96 days. hours or oh. something. Yeah. You guys would be set then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, so were you guys running, like what percentage of the day were you, or the event itself, were you running together? Was it the whole entire time or were there moments where you're like, needing a break or anything? All the time. Well, literally every, every second. Yeah. Um, we, we had a lot of people run with us, you know, me and yeah. Brian are part of, uh, this club here in uh, southeastern Massachusetts called Junk Miles. And we had people come out from the start in Massachusetts. Literally, we had a group of like 20 people on the last day in D.C. So cool. the support from, you know, our running friends and our community here was incredible. So a lot of the time it wasn't just me and Brian. There was there was a lot of just me and Brian time, but yeah. it wasn't 500 miles worth. And uh, we didn't have... We didn't have a dis like a disagreement, a fight, uh, you know. Even we went on a trail run on uh, on Sunday, and me and Brian naturally were running next to each other on on the trail <laughs> on this last Sunday. And yeah. someone someone looked at us like, "Aren't you guys just like sick of each other? Like, there's all these <laughs> other people here. Why are you guys running together?" And yeah, we... I think Brian was like, oh, "Well, this just kind of seems natural at this point." <laughs> This is where I belong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's I mean, I have to think that's kind of a rare thing, but you guys both seem like you have pretty like chilled out, down to earth personalities. And you know, like with the lessons ultra running teaches you of patience and like acceptance and all of that, I'm sure that comes into play. Yeah, I, neither of us have an ego or you know, if one of us was feeling lower than the other, neither of us ever pushed the other one to to move at a pace that they weren't comfortable with. And 
you know, I think fortunately we kind of just happened to feel similar the whole time too, because we had both just, you know, there's only a certain way you can feel after 300 and 400 miles. And, and it was just, that was the pace we did. I think people ended up being surprised that, you know, we would walk uphill, but everything else we were kind of moving around like, you know, 11, 12, 12 and a half minute pace. And, you know, people get like, I can't believe you guys are still running. It's just, you know, we were just able to maintain it for that whole 12 days. Yeah. When did you guys run out of conversations and, or, and, or how weird did the conversations get? <laughs> uh, actually, well, like I said, we had a lot of people coming in and out. Um, we also had uh, some phone calls. We took phone calls on, oh, uh, nice. on the road. Yeah. We did a live update. So we entertained ourselves with the live updates, uh, now and again um yeah uh conversations i don't know i don't remember them getting too strange we were looking for wildlife we in the beginning of the run we saw more dead animals than we did live animals but that changed as we got into pennsylvania thank god but uh (laughs) but uh yeah it was it was interesting um i don't think we ever ran out of conversation there was always something to talk about we went through some very interesting areas um you know all spectrums and uh, that really uh, gave us a lot to talk about. And the, the people we met gave us a lot to talk about. So yeah. the, the conversation was, was kept moving on. That's cool. Yeah, it spurred a lot of like interesting, you know, theoretical and like big scale life picture style conversations. Because, you know, one day we're running through, you know, the boonies of Connecticut. And then the next day we're running through the streets of the Bronx or, or Baltimore or northern Philadelphia. Like, you know, we transited places on our feet that most people would be scared to drive through, you know what I mean? And it it was eye-opening and, you know, it spurred a lot of interesting conversation and and it created a lot of interactions with people that we would have never had interactions with, which was, you know, really, really cool. Yeah. So what kind of lessons are you taking away from that aspect of it? Um... Man, it's a, it's a so tough we answer. all aren't we all aren't dealt the same hand the cards in this life. Um, I think that's the the biggest thing I could take away from it. it, it going through some of these areas and yeah. uh, northern Philadelphia specifically was the most like heart wrenching scene I've I've ever seen in my life. The only way I can describe it. It it looked war torn. Like it 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 looked like what I would imagine like World War Two Germany would look like. Everything was boarded up. It, it looked like trash hadn't been picked up in in a year. And um, me and Brian and another runner were running through, and you know we stick out in places like this, like sore thumb. And this one gentleman was filming us and said, you know, you guys look like you're on a safari. Some of us have to live here. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of, he didn't say it's it. eye opening. Right. You know, this is his life. We're just passing through and really we have no business being there, but you know, that's, that's every day for him. Yeah. And those people don't care what, what we were doing because their, their biggest concern is, you know, where's their next meal coming from or yeah. where are they going to sleep tonight and not survival. Know, yeah. And it was, you know, the things like that was, uh, 
it was important to see, and it, we would have never seen it if if we didn't didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I got I, there's so many parts of this that like seem like it would just completely expand your horizons and your viewpoint, and and it's kind of cool that you got to do this with a partner because, like you said, you got to kind of discuss it afterwards and break it down and really be like get each other's thoughts on it and really consider it, you know, cause if people are doing these by themselves, yeah, you're gonna, you'll probably, you know, you're going to expand your mind cause you're going to be thinking to yourself about these issues, but to hear Brian's perspective and for him to hear yours, like that's really cool. And that's kind of like a unique aspect to this, but yeah. And I think, and I'm sure Brian's the same way, but it like, I finally feel like I'm in the position to like start digesting it yeah. for, you know, that those first few days, it, it didn't even seem real. Like it, that aspect, like some aspects of it still don't seem real. And, uh, but I'm finally like, I started like writing down certain things about certain days to just, cause I want to remember and I want to like recall some of these things that happened, but yeah, it it still kind of seems like a fairy tale, and I, I tried to explain this to my wife the other day. Like, it it seemed like something I would read about or listen to, like on a podcast or on TV. And it's weird when it's you who was the one who did it, and I don't know. Like, I still don't feel like that I'm the the person who should have been able to accomplish something like that. Like it seemed like so far outside of what I thought was possible. So the fact that it's like actually you is, is still really, really weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always find journaling and journaling and getting your thoughts out. And maybe that's what part of this podcast is for me. Like when I go and do a race or something, like I get the opportunity to consider it in a, in that way, you know, and that's always my favorite part is you know, the race is great. I love the race itself. Don't get me wrong. But like when I get a, a week later, really think about it and be like, what did I actually learn from this? Like, that's my absolute favorite, favorite part of, of ultra running because it's teaching me so much more, you know? Yeah. Right? And that kind of brings me back. So like when you, when, when I was thinking about your cause today, I was kind of trying to think like, how does ultra running in particular, like in specific, connect to the kind of like root cause and root mission of mission 22. So I want to hear your guys thoughts on that. Oh, Brian, this is perfect for you. Hey, well, my feeling of that is, is, is why I run is, is the social aspect. Um, it's, it's getting together on a daily basis. It's, it's running with the different groups of people. It's, it's talking through different, like Josh and I did for 12 hours a day, just talking through different scenarios, talking about different things that happen to you in life and, and understanding that everyone goes through different things and, and not everyone has an easy life. And, and, um, I don't know, it's just, just a great way to, uh, to, to kind of get therapy and, and get exercise at the same time. And I, I, I run from the Bedford YMCA every single morning and I have a group of people that just revolve through with me. I'll run anywhere from five to 20 miles every single day from there. And I'll do five mile loops. And I may have 12 people with me or I'll have one person with me and that changes out all the time. But um, I think that's what Mission 22 is trying to show is that you can um, join these groups and socialize in these groups. And you can either talk or not talk, but you're part of a group and you feel the camaraderie of, of being there and doing things with other people. 
Yeah. Yeah, that sense of community, I think, is, is key. And I think the the community aspect of the programs that Mission 22 does is a key to, to helping people heal and recover. You know, it, it's important to be part of a team and, and not, not feel alone. And I think, you know, that's the most relatable thing to for me with the running aspect of it and the ultra community is, you know, when I lived out in California, I ran all my runs by myself. I ran every race I ever ran by myself. And then I came out here and met Brian and, and all the people at junk miles. And it's, it's changed my entire outlook on running. Now I don't ever like dread a training run. I look forward to, to hanging out with everyone for 20 miles and, and spending a Saturday in the woods with all my friends. It's, you know, it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, you, you almost have to like actively seek out a community because we can all kind of just like shut ourselves in. Um, especially now, like, you know, with, with the internet and stuff, like I could shut myself in a room all day and I would be entertained, but would I be fulfilled? Probably not. And part of fulfillment is finding that community and ultra running just seems, it just seems to, it's this really cool kind of chilled out, um, like-minded community that, that supports each other because, because, you know, in a, in one of these events, you're, you're like, you're physically and mentally exhausting yourself. So you get to these low points and then you are able to pull, pull yourself out or help someone else, like pull someone else out of it as well. And I don't know, I just see a lot of like correlation there to, um, the ultimate goal of mission 22, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Yep. And also just like looking for a purpose or striving to achieve more, you know, because, you know, it's we can all come to this point where we get complacent. But and I know for me, when I get the most like kind of down is when I feel like I haven't achieved anything, you know, worthwhile recently or anything like that. And and I think to have a purpose to train for and to like look to it, see what you can achieve is really big on that like motivation piece. Yeah. I mean, going kind of on that same train of thought, a thing that I struggled with when this whole thing was over and I, I had mentioned it to Brian and I had a conversation with my wife about it was for those next, I mean, even still like when it was over, I went into what I would consider like a little bit of a slump or depression, right? Because this thing that we had just poured a year's worth of effort into and trained for and fundraised for and just all the little things that it took to like make this thing happen, they were over. You know, when, when Friday came and we got to the gates of Arlington, it was done. And I kind of had this like, moment of self-reflection maybe a few days later thinking what what if this is it what what if this is the peak you know what if it doesn't ever uh you know like if this is the greatest thing you ever accomplish and it it's it's downhill necessarily from here and you know not that you know that's that's a way to look at it but like these are the things that go through your mind like after something like this like Shit, yeah. did I peak? Did I peak too early? And <laughs> Brian's shaking his head at you right now. I am. <laughs> we had this talk, yeah. and uh, you know, I I pretty much guarantee Josh that 
when when I can't run anymore, you just got to pace her for life. So yeah. I'll, I'll be with her. Yeah. It's funny. I had the same exact conversation last night with one of my friends. It's, it's the, uh, I can't remember what, I can't remember how we phrased it, but it's that idea of like, what if this is the biggest event? But I don't think you can look at it that way. Cause you know, your next event might not be 500 miles, but it might be just as like personally meaningful to you. You know what I mean? Or you might find another cause or like go deeper on this cause to really, really think about and consider. Right. And I think, you know, that's, that's like the thing is this wasn't a race and, you know, we all know the fulfillment that we get from, from a race, but, uh, you know, this was so much bigger than that. Like this was like really giving back to, to somebody else and to a, to a community and, and making a difference on such a large scale that it's, you know, it seems so far fetched to be able to do that again. And, yeah. You know, these are just the things that I know I to be dude, honest dude, that you I think about you. after after something like this. Right. And they're just, I totally feel you, yeah. man. It's like, I think every, I think everyone who's done some sort of big project, especially one they've made up themselves because no one else has done this. Like you're the only two guys who have completed this very specific challenge. And I bet, I mean, I would have to imagine most people have that same thought afterwards, you know? And that same, you know, post, post, I was like, I think of it like post goal achieval, de- like not depression, but like blues, the post goal, yeah. you, you reached your goal. Now you have the blues. Cause you, <laughs> you get a little break, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we met some good people. Um, so Josh and I are pretty much, uh, connected to these other two guys that were with us for the, for the two weeks. And, uh, so we're, we are definitely a team of four now. And we're going to keep uh, volunteering for Mission 22, and uh, we're going to keep uh, giving back that way. That's super cool. Well, uh, just a couple more kind of ideas here. One, running on the side of the highway and into oh, major cities, I, oh. I don't know how you did that. So can you kind of like give us Dude, some Dude, that's a great question. Oh. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, my Brian, God. Brian, take, take that away. Uh, so it seemed like every night we're running into the hotel, and we're on a – four-lane highway, a three-lane highway, a six-lane highway with no shoulder. We have six inches and a white line, and we're running against traffic. We have, you know, lights. We have safety vet. We have the whole thing. And we were just, you know, one texter away from being uh, like, being killed by a car. And it was just 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour right by us, and it was just every single night as if soon we as it got dark. If we didn't have police escorts the yeah. first four days – we would not be here right now, 100%. Yeah. Oh. And it got so bad the days that we had other runners with us that we had to have, like, a conversation with – the other runners wanted to stay with us, right? Everyone wanted to to be out there running with us, and me and Brian had to be like, listen, we are going to do this final leg together. This was our insane idea. If two people have yeah. to die, it's going to be the two of us. We, yeah. you know, we don't want to risk anyone else at this point because that's the level of danger that it got to. It was, yeah, it, was it was insane. Yeah. What about like even? I mean, even in the the like country roads that you guys are running, you know, are there semis going by and like? It's <laughs> anything winding. you can think yeah. of. Yeah. Yes. Any, yeah. Hills no shoulder. See over. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, no shoulder, uh, cars cresting hills that we couldn't see over the top of, and they'd come over the top and they'd be right on us. Um, it, it, don't get me wrong, beautiful country. We were going through Delaware and Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania, and it was Amish farms everywhere. It was, yeah. it was beautiful. But yeah, there's 18 wheelers going by us is, uh, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour on a, on a, not a very wide road. And yeah, people so. don't observe the laws of the white line. We, you know, five, <laughs> 500 miles all on the road. You learn a thing or two. That's one rule. Um, two is at least one car will always run a red light. Two, if you're in New York, <laughs> uh, even even if it says walk, even if it says walk. So you you learn the real rules of the road when you're on the road for 12 hours a day on your own two feet. Yeah, that's awesome. What was there any particular section that like really stands out as like that was nice and relaxing and and like really cool? The, the best one, I think, for me anyway, was. Uh, was this the, the end of the uh, we called it the last day uh, because the, the real last day we called the fun run. Um, so Thursday, we're, we're finishing up our uh, 39 miles. Um, and we can talk about Google lying to us every day in a minute. But uh, <laughs> so we're finishing up our 39 miles. And uh, we got to actually run through an industrial park where the traffic had already subsided. We had a, an eight foot wide um, sidewalk, I'll call it. And uh, it was just peaceful. And it, we, we just, we ran in the last, I don't know what it was, six, eight miles. And we it saw was two just, beavers. We saw two beavers swimming in a pond. It was just so relaxed. We had other people with us. And it, that was actually the best night for me. And we were getting to uh, Annapolis, uh, Maryland, and, and getting ready to do our, our last run the, the next day. Yeah. Nice and then there was a another day in connecticut we got to do like 10 miles on what was called the airline trail which was Beautiful. actually like legit trail for for 10 miles so that was like a a nice break and a nice change and it was beautiful so you know us preferring the trail it was like a nice little slice of home yeah yeah that's cool that's cool so i guess the what was the last day like like coming into arlington what are you guys feeling What's the, what's the like atmosphere? Like, how was that? Oh, it was great. So we had, I don't know, I, I'm going to say a dozen friends with us, uh, more or less, um, carrying the mission 22 flag. Um, one gentleman was carrying his army flag with him, um, to represent his unit. And, uh, we, we were all running in. It was, a it was a day that we only had 26 to 28 miles. We had nine hours to finish the 28 miles, and uh, we just took our time. We relaxed. We reflected. Um, we took breaks. Uh, we got in. We got to see some of the monuments when we were going through, and it was just a, a, it was a really nice day um, to spend time with everybody and, and really wrap up things. It, it was fantastic. I'll let and Josh talk about our actual entry into the uh, cemetery. So once we got into the mall – in you know downtown dc we took everyone to all the monuments so we ran past the washington monument past the reflecting pool up to the lincoln monument and then we walked uh all of us walked through the vietnam memorial uh at that point uh arlington pd and the park police met us with the motorcycle unit and escorted us from the lincoln memorial to Arlington. So we went over the bridge yeah. from DC into Arlington, Virginia. And then they escorted us all the way into uh, the big long road that leads to Arlington National Cemetery. 
So we come over the bridge, and there's just people lining the road. There's fire trucks, police cars, everyone lined up, all the lights on. Um, me and Brian are side by side in the front, and then all of our friends and family are running two by two behind us going into Arlington. And we kind of go past the fire trucks, and friends and family all peel off and, and stop. And then just me and Brian and nobody else run all the way down. And it was like 5 o'clock at night, so the cemetery had been closed. So it was just the two of us running down that final stretch of road uh, to, the, to the gate of Arlington. And we just, you know, we, we touched the, the stone. I think we hugged real quick, and uh, both of us were just trying to keep it together at that point. <laughs> and... Uh, and then, like dummies, ran back to to everyone who was waiting for us. We we obviously couldn't walk, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of hugging, a lot of crying, a lot of a lot of thank yous, and uh, yeah, that was. You want to talk about self reflection after 503 miles of of pain and suffering and highs and lows? That was it. All it all came to a head right right then and there awesome we had um like not just our friends and family that came down and run with us and support us we had uh gentlemen from uh, the american legion in connecticut they met us all three nights that we were in connecticut and then they flew down to washington to see us finish um we had uh it was just it was amazing support from all different places yeah nice well what's like the lasting message you want to leave like with with the whole mission 22 and and you guys completed your your project what's like the thing you would want to to tell people maybe if they are in a dark place or they are struggling with with you know ptsd or depression or or anything like that well you know it's 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 tough to tell anybody anything but um yeah uh, um it's okay not to be okay and you really need to reach out. You need to talk to people. Um, you need to get involved in a group. You need to socialize. Um, but reaching out to Mission 22 or another group like Mission 22 and, and ask for some help because uh, we met a lot of people out there that are more than willing to come out and meet you anytime, anywhere. Yeah. I think there's this like almost irrational fear of if people talk about this kind of stuff, the irrational fear is that it will happen more but everything I've read recently over the last month or so is that is not actually the case. Like that's not the case whatsoever. In fact, people should be talking about the way they feel more often because then you realize like you're not in it alone. You're, there's other people out there going through the exact same thing and you can feel like you're, you're the only person that's going through this, the, the way you feel, but, but that's never the case. There'll always be someone out there kind of like feeling the same way. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And then on a, a different path of that, you know, give back to what you feel is important. You know, for me and Brian, we did this for Mission 22 and the veterans because, you know, that's that's who we wanted to give back to. And we used running as kind of the medium to do that because that just happens to be what we do. But anyone can can accomplish like what we accomplished through any means, you know, 
it doesn't have to be through running. You don't have to do something so absurd to to give back. But you know, use what you you do and and your capabilities to to give back and and help people and you know serve your community. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Come well, congrats, guys. Like seriously, it's been an honor to like be able to you know share the project beforehand, but then to hear you know, more specific stories. I'm, I'm super happy we've been able to do this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And on a more lighthearted note, I have, I finally get a correct, like, can I throw in a correction to CBS news for a second? Sure. sure. The very first (laughs) thing they say is two marathon enthusiasts. And I was like, yeah, Yeah, it's a little more enthusiastic beyond a marathon almost, but that dude was hell bent on the word marathon. There was (laughs) nothing we could, there was nothing we could say to make him change that word. That just goes to show ultra running still kind of like a, uh, underground kind of, you know, sport in the, in the general public's eyes, you know? Yeah, and the only way that we could get him to grasp what it was is no, it's more like two marathons a day. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, yeah, the uh, it's all right. People's fixation <laughs> with that twenty six point two is real. <laughs> there was no getting around That's it. It's hilarious. It made me laugh. It made me smile though, because I yeah. I just love it because it is. It it showed me that your message is getting out there to, uh, to all sorts of people, not just the ultra marathoning community or anything like that. So, um, where can people support your project? Cause I know, are you, are you leaving it open for, for donations and support? And I mean, obviously leading them towards mission 22, but yeah, like for yours in specific, is there any way people can still donate or anything? Yep. So the campaign page is open until the end of the year. So, The two easiest ways to get there are through Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Both of those places have links. Uh, Instagram is at 500 miles to end vet suicide. And Facebook is at 500 miles to end veteran suicide. Um, we also created enough buzz that if you just Google either 500 uh-huh. miles to end vet suicide or just Google mine or Brian's name, saw that our today. campaign page comes right wow. up. So. That's oh, awesome. another quick fun side note is that we, uh, you know, you know, you've done something in this world and created an impact when you have internet trolls, and we had internet trolls. Yeah. So, it's awesome. You know, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you can't just leave it like with that. Can I just specifically so just, ask just, what? What's so ready, just a real quick debunk at is the end of this gonna, podcast. Is this going to piss me off? Because I've already oh, mad that sure. there are internet trolls after you guys. What the so heck? So me, <laughs> me and Brian are fake runners. Mission 22 is a uh, fake, fake charity. charity. And we are pocketing all of the money that you guys gave us. So joke's on you guys. Well, yes, I mean, so, you're, and- you are like drinking out of golden chalices right now wearing crowns. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So this uh, one woman specifically wanted us to film um, every every second of our run. Uh, <laughs> you know, another person told us this was a stupid idea and that there was yeah. a million better ways that we could have done done things. Yeah. And and, and seven hundred of them haven't even been done yet. So why did yeah. we pick this one? Oh my god! So, <laughs> That's what but, bugs uh, me, man. The why people like be a why not person. Why not? Why right? shouldn't you guys do this? That's I, like I right. don't know. That's like the all I said to the opposite of my personality. 
you know, you can't acknowledge those people. You can't, uh, you know, give them what they want back. But God, I wish that they could feel what my feet felt like. <laughs> like, you know, if you could just like, just so they could feel a little empathy. I wish that they could just feel what that felt like for like a second. <laughs> just be like, oh, okay, this was real, you yeah. know, but yeah. that's there, okay. Those there, those people want to believe what they want to believe. I, I'm kind of curious. Well, there's a lady who when I have posted a couple episodes puts like a laughy face thing on a Facebook and is basically like, this isn't real. Like all of this stuff. And I ended up just blocking her. Cause I'm like, I don't know what am I going to do? Like say, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain to someone who doesn't believe that. Like, I just, you know, I don't know the best thing to do yeah, is one, just ignore. Yeah. yeah. One lady was concerned that since me and Brian don't win every race that we run, then we could have never have done this. You know, why are we not elite athletes? And yeah, sorry, we're just two average dudes. I would just be like, (laughs) go to an ultra run running event and just see, like, just see for yourself what it consists of. Cause I think people just don't understand. So that's funny. So look out, me and Brian are coming to to win every, every hundred miler for the rest of the year. So you guys are going (laughs) to break the 158 marathon or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 130 here now. we come <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah. awesome well thanks guys for coming on and uh yeah i would absolutely love to have you guys back on the show at some point um because i i know that you're already the the wheels are turning for some some, <laughs> some new stuff uh but yeah and if you're ever in colorado please let me know like i would be absolutely honored to go for a run with you or show show you guys some trails out here so that'd be super cool awesome. Hell yeah. I heard you have a few good hundred milers out there. So maybe we'll make our way out there. There's a couple. Yeah. There's just a couple. A couple. Yeah. I heard there's a few famous ones. There might be altitude, dude. You got to out think about the altitude. We got I'm the okay humidity. Poor man's altitude. <laughs> awesome. All right. We'll get back at you. All right. Ladies and gents, that wraps up the show. Um, once again, Josh, Brian, you guys are awesome. Uh, you th- congratulations. 500 miles uh, of your own project is quite the feat. Um, and and I got to say, I am super proud to have been able to share your story both beforehand and after um, for the show here. Uh, it, I've really, really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, hopefully these guys come out to Colorado or, or hopefully we can meet up at, at some sort of ultra running thing at some point. That would be super cool. Um, but once again, guys, if you want to support them, you can find them on Instagram at 500 miles to end vet suicide. Um, or you can find them at Facebook, 500 miles to end vet suicide. All the stuff's linked on our, um, on the show notes for this. So definitely go on, follow their story, follow their journey. Um, the donations, as they said, are open until January 1st. So, uh, go on. I've already donated, um, they're they're they've raised quite a bit which is awesome so um but i know they obviously would appreciate as much as they as they possibly could so um definitely check that out mission 22 um go there and and yeah i like their message it's okay to not be okay find some people with a with find a community you know go out and find a community um set some goals together go out and and uh you know try to expand your horizons we live this in this beautiful world where there's so many possibilities so many things we could be spending our time on and choosing to learn and grow with you know 
Um, and honestly, like I look around even the days where I'm stressed and I'm struggling and, and it's hard, but, but you, if you are able to perceive it, you could see just the amount of possibilities that are out there in every which way. And I love ultra running and I love endurance sports and I love this podcast because it has opened my mind and my eyes to those possibilities. And as many people that I can can show that to, that's all I want with the podcast. I just want people to understand um, what you're able to do because we've all, I mean, I've been there too. I've been down at the bottom. I've been so incredibly depressed where it's impossible to, it feels impossible to even like get out of bed or get off the couch. And the only thing that can get you going in that moment is, is having a purpose. And, and maybe that purpose is being in a community, you know, for me, during my roughest moments, the purpose was to make sure my wife was okay, make sure my family was okay. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, it, it, it was moments I didn't always, you know, I wasn't always in like, uh, hey, I want to actually go out and do stuff. But when you do have a purpose greater than yourself, you find a way to get it done. When it's just you, um, it's probably a lot easier to fall into that depression and, and not kind of go out and, and kind of, you know, try to do something, you know, cause I feel like, I, I mean, <laughs> without referencing frozen Two too much, which I just saw with my kids, um, there's a song and a moment in it that I'm like, wow, this describes what you do when you're down at your lowest point and it was basically like hey just do the very next thing like do the next thing take the take a step if that's the thing that's like don't look too far ahead don't say like oh i have to blah 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 blah. just i have to get up right now i have to take a step i have to take another step and i have to like keep striving forward but take it in the smallest increments and eventually you can actually like lift yourself out of this hard place that you found yourself in and and hopefully eventually you can be able to see the world the way i see it now when i'm not in my deepest darkest place where i'm you know happy and and things are going good and the way i see the world now is it's a world of possibilities and and sometimes it just meet like it just takes doing the thing that is in front of you without trying like without being overwhelmed by the uh the like greatness of a task right so if it's like oh i have you know like without looking too far in advance you're just looking at the thing in that moment that you actually have to get done and you do that and it builds a little bit of self-esteem you do it again builds a little bit more self-esteem and you just keep doing that and doing that and doing that and and combine that with finding a community combine that with understanding it's okay if you're down in your deep dark spot because everyone is like it's huge it's huge and i hope i hope people understand that and i hope that's the message i hope i'm delivering the message properly because i obviously don't want to deliver 
a poor message, especially when it comes to something, you know, like like what Josh and Brian are are passionate about. And I hope my I hope my message actually like corresponds to what you need to do in those moments. And I'm just speaking from my own experience of what what has helped me, um, you know, and and you you see progress and progress doesn't just happen all at once. It doesn't just like, you don't have a day where you're feeling down and then the next day you're like, but now I feel great. No, like, of course not. That, that would be silly to expect. Um, but you do have just incremental steps and incremental progress. And you will eventually have these moments where you're like, wow, like look how far I've come just by looking down at my own two feet and taking a step. So, um, I hope that helps people if if they're in need of help obviously like find someone to reach out to um you know you're you're loved by more people than you probably even know so uh yeah let's wrap there josh brian we'll get we'll have to get you guys back on the show because it's just a pleasure chatting with you um and like i said go support their cause uh once again 500 miles to end vet suicide um it's a it's a great cause, so please go on and then help them reach reach their their goal on that. So, all right, we'll get back at you next week. See you.